This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver, our new mayor, Mike Johnston, is going to be inaugurated on Monday. That means time is running out to finally put to rest one of the Hancock era's most uncomfortable conversations. Who is a Denver native? Me and Bree and one of our favorite guests are digging into that and all the other local stories that matter this week. Today's Friday, July 14th. I'm Paul Caroli, and here's what Denver's talking about. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the city that's about to have a new leader. That's right, Taylor Swift will be emperor of Denver by popular decree. Oh, oh no. Your obsession oh, with no. Taylor Swift is It's not wild just me. me. It's the whole city, honestly. We all know it. We can all feel it out there on the streets. I'm sorry you left your scarf there. It sounds like it was your fault. Uh, are you two, you two are still not into it? I'm not that I'm not. I've already talked about this. I respect Taylor's work as an artist and her impact on the world and the fact that she's given a platform to young girls to be fans and be validated as human beings with good music taste but it's just like not my thing it's not your thing i respect it though i love it love swifties love you all i think you're all amazing and i'm a big scooter braun fan so Just kidding. You're on the other side. I just really wanted to make a whole bunch of people mad all at once. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) I'm sure there's a lot of good reasons that he's the right. He's in the right. People just haven't listened to him. Dave is a good show. All right. He executive produced it. (laughs) Okay. Dave is a good show. I I didn't want to like Dave, but I like Dave. It's uh, it's Friday. Um, Very, very interesting energy in the room here at 5280 Magazine today. Uh, we have a great returning guest. You've heard his voice. Uh, he's a hilarious stand-up comedian and co-chair of the Denver American Indian Commission. Welcome back, Josh Emerson. Oh, hi. How you doing? It's your favorite friendly neighborhood Navajo, <laughs> Joshua Emerson, in your ears and in your hearts. How are we doing this morning? Good morning, Josh. I'm great. Your favorite neighborhood that. Navajo. Oh, dude. I want that trademark pending. I <laughs> want you to have that trademarked. That's great. That's perfect. Should we talk about our Colfax event next week? Yeah, we should. We're working with the Colfax Avenue Business Improvement District. Frank Locantore that runs it has been on our show. He is one of the kings of Colfax for sure. Um, so, But we're doing this really cool live event where we are creating a, if there was a Colfax Hall of Fame, here's who we think would be the inaugural class. So um, we've got some special guests that are going to be on stage with us and we're going to we're going to try to figure out who this inaugural class is. Um, but what I love about this is it's not just people that embody Colfax. We may be nominating places or things. So, yeah, 
So if you got a nomination, call in at 720-500-5418. We want to hear it. Any, I, any era of Colfax, too. Oh, I mean, we want this to be right. And it's not just this made-up Hall of Fame anymore, by the way. I don't <laughs> oh, know if I mentioned do a this. Real one? <laughs> I have been in some interesting conversations with an institution I will not name about making it real. Awesome. So <gasps> this matters. Can I nominate some people right now? I was going to ask, please do. Uh, yeah, so we got the Squire Lounge and Lion's Lair. I want to combine them both together. That is the start of independent comedy in, here in Denver, Colorado, those two places. Lion's Lair, you can still go there every Monday. It's the longest running open mic uh, for comedy in Denver. So yeah, please come out on. Uh, Anthony Crawford, amazing host. Anthony's Lion's really Lair. funny. He's been around for a long time. He's really funny. A really good guy, yeah. Also punk rock staple. Rock staple, music staple here in Colorado. If you Absolutely. haven't played the Lair, you haven't played Colorado. So <laughs> that's a pretty good nomination. I think for sure. I'm reserving judgment until later. I okay. think there's going to be a really competitive field. I mean, we're picking five people. Icons, just five things for this Still first them. edition. Yeah. yeah. So tell us who you think should be in the Colfax Hall of Fame. Um, all right, let's get to our top story um, because it's slow news summer here on CityCast Denver. We're <laughs> talking everyone's about everyone's <laughs> on summer vacation, including the news. Something pretty abstract, but I think really actually important because Mike Johnson's being inaugurated as our first new mayor in 12 years. That means we have this new era of the city. We're right here on the precipice, and uh, maybe it's time to put to bed some of the debates of the Hancock era. Mm. That's that's my big overarching theme here for this conversation because right. we got some complaints a couple of weeks ago about this Denver native issue that oh, I, it's hard right. to even... Mm. Like, I don't know who it's an issue for. So I we think called it's... up our friendly neighborhood, Navajo. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you called me. You know what I mean? Thank yeah, you. I'm, I'm glad we called you too. I'm, I'm that native, you know, capital N, okay? <laughs> That's... <laughs> you got the bumper sticker, though? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole show called Colorado Native that makes fun of the bumper sticker. Oh, mm -hmm. That's like, This yeah. is why we needed you. The, the actual reason you're here. But tell us about the show. Maybe we start there. What, 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 do you, what, do you view, what do you learned about this from doing that show? Um, so I, I have a joke that I like to start off with. It's just like a quick laugh. It's, hi, uh, I'm Joshua Emerson. I'm Native American, Colorado Native without the bumper sticker. And people laugh at it uh, because there's this like inherent tone deafness to what that buffer sticker means. You know, language has power. Native with a capital N, it, it's always meant indigenous person in the American lexicon. And I think that's important because there was uh, this violent and forceful removal of natives that happened and cultural genocide after that to try to assimilate uh, uh, Native Americans into American culture. We've been here since time immemorial. We're going to be here for time immemorial. Being... Oh, I can't wait for you to hear what someone has to say. Oh, yeah. From oh. our audience about you being from here. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag bearing land straight. You know, that's... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but, but but when you're tied to the land, you know, when you have stories that you came out of Canyon de Chez and then you go to Canyon de Chez and you can feel it when you walk in there, it's it feels different. And yeah. and people have that for the confluence. You know, this has yeah. been sacred. You know, 1861 really wasn't that long time ago. No, and I talk about that a lot. Denver's like not that old of a place is yeah. the colonized what, version like, of ourselves that we are now. John Evans's great grandkids oh, are like around. Yeah, a hundred percent. That is wild. Yeah, and and these things matter because 
there there's you know when you have a mountain named after disgraced governor uh john evans who got removed by in the 1860s by the u.s government because of what he did was so bad like to be removed as a governor in the 1860s you have to do something really they allowed slavery back then you know what i mean so it has to be uh really bad and we have counties named after custer and kit carson and when you try to take that term native and 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 reassign it without having all that cultural background, you're contributing to erasure. And that's what's really hurtful because natives are fighting, we are fighting for our rights every day to this day. The impacts of American imperialism is multi-generational that we still feel today. I feel it today and my, my children are gonna feel it. You know, there's still a lot of healing that has to be done and 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 when you just sort of throw that out the window because you don't like being told what to do um, or that it can be hurtful um, and, and just totally ignore that context, it, 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 um, that's what makes me sad, I guess. So call yourself a Denver native. Call yourself a Colorado native if you want to. Just, you know, hopefully educate yourself on the things of why it is offensive, I guess is my point. Are sold, done, done. I mean, yeah, that you kind of put a pin on I mean, it. No, no, it's there's, not. there's a lot else that I'd like to talk about around this, but I think that's a good way to set the table for where we want to go. Yeah. Okay, and we do, we have some listeners who you're kind of talking about. Sure, Let's because a couple of we, well, a couple of months ago we did this uh, survival rules for surviving Denver and one of the the rules was don't call yourself a native unless you are indigenous and this is where our listeners took some listeners took issue with that so we're going to share some of their thoughts and I have things to say and I'm sure Josh will too (laughs) but 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 okay okay. (laughs) I want to get to it okay here Carol C writes If someone is, was born in Denver, they would of course be a Denver native, a Colorado native and an American native. Where else would they be a native of? When you say indigenous, please remember that native American Indian tribes originally migrated to North America from Asia. Oh, wow. That's neat. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, My long ago ancestors were born in Scotland and Wales, but more recent ancestors came to America during the Mayflower era about 500 years ago. I was born in New York in 1945. My parents, grandparents, great grandparents, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is my lineage. I'm an American, a Native American, because I was born here. I came to Colorado in 1993, so technically I am not a native Coloradan or a Denverite, but I am still a Native American anywhere I go in the U.S. Uh, how you doing, cousin? I guess. Uh, as, <laughs> I mean, this is this is a person who is listening to this. I I, I want to have the conversation that I would have like at the grocery store with this sure. person. Well, the first thing I want to say is the bearing land straight theory. It, it I, one, it's a theory, but even even so, it using that to sort of discredit uh, indigenous like uh, claims to this land, especially when there's so much um, like spiritual and re- like real attachment to the land is bad. Don't do that. You know, uh, I, there's, we don't know what happened. And so that's why you always, the time immemorial, that's why that phrase is so important. I think uh, as opposed to um, that, I, I, what I, the thing that bothers me most about this uh, person's comment is the idea is that they're trying to discredit natives belonging here. And that's that I disagree is what I would say if I was in the yeah. grocery store. 
I, I also think I this, appreciate that. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I, that was a, that was the startling part to me about this was like telling someone who's native, right, that they're not, um, without understanding like you've expressed what it means to be native in the world now, a hundred years ago, five hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. The thing that struck me about this comment was um, not acknowledging how we get places. Like, sure, your family immigrated here. It might have been a struggle at some point, but there's no forceful removal or forceful immigration in your history, from what I can understand from this person's story. So not taking into account that some people don't have a choice in where they get to be in the world, it just ignores the the power structure that we're dealing with. Yeah, uh, just a tie uh, my my grandfather his brother got taken by mormon missionaries and they were separated until they were 60 years old um yeah. and so totally different and that there was no uh, that's why ICWA exists it's because that happened a lot and so it's not that long ago i mean that this was in the 60s and so yeah yeah <sighs> brie i want to ask you about the old denver feeling around some of this attitude because I, I feel like this is you. You're a champion of these of this perspective, this position of celebrating, not that perspective, <laughs> but celebrating what's old and great about Denver. Respectfully celebrating what's old and great, while being open to and having honest conversations about place and geography and what things mean to people. I think I struggle with it. This is where I diverge from old Denver people. That are like that are like hardcore nativist. I've never felt that because part of what makes this place great is the people that have also come here to change and do cool things. I mean, we can't think about like someone like Clara Brown, who was an formerly enslaved person who like saved every bit of gold she found in the I think this was her story she found in the wash of the miners to save up to create a church and a place for people. Those kinds of people's stories are also Denver, old Denver stories. And I think I, I just the native thing just also further separates us in this other corner that all of a sudden it's like, well, are you I've heard this thing that I, I, I hate I, people. Well, I wasn't I was I was born in California, but I came here when I was six months old. You mm. shouldn't have to do that. I don't want to ha- I don't want to hear that. If you're here and you love it here, it, so many it, that's what matters to me. But I think that the native thing is just like that to me is like drawing the line like I'm in here and you're out there. This is not about I this is not about me identifying with Josh's experience. Right. If I say I'm a native, it's like me saying actually I am, this is mine and that's not yours. It's exclusionary. Yes. And it's exclusionary to the people that originally inhabited this land yes. because that you like you're three generations back or something like that. It makes no sense to me. Which and again like I say I'm I'm from Denver. I was born here by by random chance. My dad's a military brat. That's how he ended up here. It's not yeah. like my family had some great story. My mom's my my grandma moved here for opportunity. Like <laughs> it wasn't because I'm I'm proud to be from Denver because I love the place and I love the community and I love this I love this place. I'm proud to be from here, but it doesn't mean that I'm better than somebody else who's not. Yeah, and one more thing about the old Denver. I think there's something beautiful about old Denver and that natives have been a part of that old Denver history as well. I mean, hundred percent natives like during the A movement, they took over the BIA offices right here in downtown Denver, Colorado. Uh, when I talked to my elders, um, he told me about going to see. 
Bob Marley at Red Rocks. And that is so <laughs> cool to me, you know? And, and so, like, uh, at, yeah. And so the same people that took over the BIA offices, they're at Four Winds right now on Bannock Street, you know, in Baker. And so there, it's, it's Natives are a part. It's not artificially put in. We've been here since time in memoriam, and we'll, we're going to continue to be here and do interesting stuff. We live in a contemporary context, but we're also intertwined with the history of Denver. Yeah. I identify as a member of another group that these old Denver natives, these quote dated Denver natives, uh, really don't like, and that's the millennials that came in the last ten years mm. and oh, put worry. up all that the ugly buildings. In the 70s. Well, the '70s is the other big time that it happened. I want to talk about that later, but I just <laughs> want to say, Bree, I, 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 this this thing you just said earlier about how you diverge from this is like the reason why this show works. I think, and I Thank wanted to you. say that I appreciate that about you because I, I do. I mean, that's me you're talking about. Thank you. And I appreciate that you say that because I think some people assume that I am that old Denver native curmudgeon yeah. because I'm a champion of Denver. Mm. And I have I have had in the past, I have changed my tune for sure because I've become understanding of those of these experiences of other people. And actually, if you just learn the history of Colorado, it's pretty hard to deny Jeez. The fact that like white people should not be calling themselves native. Just I've just started reading uh, Patty Limerick's Legacy oh, of good. Conquest. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to talk to you about that. <laughs> so, but that's a great start. Like understanding how white people got here. Like get the, get that understanding, and then maybe you'll understand why it's so offensive to call yourself a native. And like Josh says, it's really to me about the erasure. I agree, the oh. erasure of indigenous experience. Because that's that's actively dangerous. Like it actively affects our ability to fight for our rights that have been paid for in blood and land. You know, it's not it's not. It doesn't feel like a big ask. You know what I mean? Just to get what we're owed. You know, and so yeah. I, I guess I have to acknowledge that too. That my I haven't experienced any harm from feeling excluded. Right. It's not the same at all. But when it comes to like doing things, making the city better, doing things, yeah. we cannot get together yeah. and do that stuff. If you're a transplant and I'm a Denver native and you're an indigenous Denverite, like mm. all of a sudden we're all in three different categories and we're not working together to make things better for right now and the future. Oh, so And that's what matters to me. So important. And that's what worries me most about this conversation is that there's a lot of like fragility there and yes. people shut down and get defensive and there's not even an opportunity to have a conversation at a grocery store, mm -hmm. but that they sort of get entrenched in these, I what I would say are mistaken beliefs that, and, the, and then it's just impossible to move forward. And it's only taken down from both angles. And so that's what I worry most about and what I want to be conscious of. I feel you. It is hard to have the open door conversation from both sides, honestly, because I too shut down where I'm like, I don't want to talk to this person. Mm. They think they're a native. <sighs> then we're not on the same page. Right. So the 70s in Colorado were a time of of triumph. You know, this was a time when we said no to the Olympics, you know, and Dick Lamb rode that wave of populism to the governor's office. But it was also a time where John Denver was painting this picture of what Colorado was and attracting a lot of new people who wanted to live that lifestyle. It maybe wasn't totally, you know, coherent with what existed. Are we coming out of our John Denver, Dick Lamb era now? Is that the political narrative of the Johnston era? Uh, that's not the political narrative. That's the social narrative to me because... Both of these time frames, too, the 70s, we're also talking about the Chicano Civil Rights Movement 
epicenter. Denver was one of the epicenters across the country. Disability rights movement also happening at the same time. So those things were happening while this other picturesque thing was happening. And that's what I that's always what I focus on on when someone's like, what makes Denver so great? I'm like, oh, do you know what we do? Do you know what we've done? And at the same time, when I think about this moment, I'm thinking about the uh, work around uh, homelessness advocacy, the conversations about unhoused people and how that's been led in an activist way, like very much by activists. We talk about racial justice movements. These also parallel those same times. So, but I, I think um, it just is like a top layer and we're dealing with very similar situations that we were in the 70s and we were now, which is what I, I think you're saying, Paul, is like that PR, the good PR. Come here, come to Colorado. Yeah, It's beautiful. The you image. can go outside, which is all real. I'm not, I'm not downing people that come here to do that. But what I do when I hear that stuff is, but did you know this other stuff about us? Because I'd love for you to learn a little bit more about what makes Denver special if you want to continue, if you want to be more active in this this city. And so I, I, I just see very different. I see layers of parallels between now and the 70s here in Denver. Yeah, because Denver is special. It, yes. It, it's, really, it's really fun to sort of be a part of it and try to add to it and meet other people that are doing the same things. Yeah. There's so many talented just artists and creatives here in Denver that it's so cool to be around. And, and what's funny, though, is that there's also this, you know, huge influx of, like, like tech and younger, like, uh, uh, well-paid uh, in the same generation. So you have both, yeah. you know. And it, I, I like that. Because it, you being able to have your opinions challenged makes your opinions better. I've always believed that, and and the more diversity of thought you have around, the better, the more fun you're going to have in life. I think, and so that's I, I've moved here in Denver in 2019. I it's going to take a lot for me to leave. You know, I that's love so it here. Good to hear. I want to make one more point about the old Denver thing because there's something I didn't say. Okay, that was beautiful. That was, and I appreciate that. <laughs> also, you just said you came here in 2019. So you are a part of this next version of our story. And that's just as important to me as, you know, as someone who's been here for 50 years. I want to hear both of those stories. But something I want to say to my old Denverites who I also thinking about who care about this place in a loving way and aren't, don't identify as that native thing. Um, the thing that makes Denver cool in a lot of these moments when we're not cool is that we were cool when no one was looking. And that's what I always tell people is like, we had this space to be, and these come in, this comes in waves throughout our history where the booms and the busts, right? The booms are always seen as the best times. Honestly, the busts are some of the best times in Denver because the real estate's cheap. The artists are here. The people, the storytellers, all these people are here and they're making, they're building the groundwork for then what happens when we hit the world stage again every couple of decades. So for all my old Denver heads that are like, I, I love this place and people don't understand why I see you because you you were cool when no one was looking and you were making it cool when no one was looking. So there is a little bit. That's where the pride part comes in, where I feel people being like, but I've been here my whole life. Like, I get it. You stuck it out. You stuck out the boom and bust because you really love this place. So I think that's part of the story, too. It's like the Denver Nuggets fans. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. The perfect example of the cool <laughs> when no one was looking. It was people. There have people that I remember when we were out talking to people, mm -hmm. Josh, on the street. I've been waiting for this my whole life. And then they name five players from five different decades of the Nuggets. Yeah. So, you know, they're like they're serious. They really have been 
Like It's a real connection. Yes, getting ready for when other people care. But if other people don't care, who cares? We still love our place. We love it whether people are looking or not. <laughs> it's beautiful. I mean, there's uh, rivers and mountains. I, it's always going to be tough. <laughs> I, 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 rivers, they're and fine. on top of that, it's gorgeous. <laughs> and honestly, most of the mountains are great. Some, w- w- let's be real. Like some of them... <laughs> Yeah. Are you? But Paul, are you going to you pick your favorite mountain? mountain? What? It's, it's just, just some of them. They're what's like, the Hall of Fame like, of the mountains <laughs> that you can see from Denver? Oh. <laughs> Don't get Paul started. But that's another show. That's another show, which we will do, um, probably. Um, anyway, we're going to be talking about Mike Johnston and his inauguration on Monday, uh, and we're going to be talking about that all week. So we want to hear from you. We want to understand better what you think because you're a part of the city like we are and we only have our own perspectives so call in to the mayor johnston hotline at 720-500-5418 or you know let us know what you think about denver natives give us a eulogy for the denver native let's put it to bed <laughs> oh yeah let's come up with new bumper stickers that I, are cooler <laughs> i the, here's the thing you can call yourself whatever you want just care about native issues you know care yeah. about the people behind that I you know that so All right, quick break. We'll be back with wins and fails. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. All right, and we're back. Uh, We're going to do another round of our new favorite segment, Wins and fails. So we picked out uh, each of us a win and a fail from the last week or so. Something we want to talk about and bring to the group. We're going to do a round of fails and then a round of wins. Josh, why don't you kick us off with a fail? All right. I want to preface this by saying I am a Suns fan. All right. Clear. <laughs> oh, right. no. Uh, okay. I just want yes, everybody to. booked a Suns fan the week <laughs> the Nuggets parade <laughs> happened. Yes. But you're a Suns fan. <laughs> My win of the week for Denver, though, is Jamal Murray winning the SB for comeback player of the year. Wait, wait, wait. Are we doing wins? This is wins. This, we can do wins first. Let's oh, okay. do wins oh, first. Sorry. Okay. sorry, you said you said he was that he was. No, it's all right. We're doing. We'll do it reverse this way. So keep to keep going. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Jamal Murray won a ESP for Comeback Player of the Year. Absolutely crucial for the championship. And he also didn't start the season good. He was bad for that first part of the season. Had the complete belief of the team behind him. And and then when it mattered the most, you know, second round uh, swept the Lakers, uh, won the championship. Uh, I, I think. It's really honestly a beautiful story for how much he works, this relationship he has with his dad. Like, I just have so much respect, one, for Jokic because it's greatness, but then Jamal just for the ability to get through that injury and come back when it matters and gives the city the first championship that they've had in basketball. It's amazing. I think about any time, like, a non-athlete gets injured, like myself, when I, like, fall down and can't get up. And I'm like, these guys, like, tear whole muscles apart. Oh, yeah. 
put them back together and then go out to win championships. That's like superhuman stuff. That's incredible. They hear the muscle rip. You know? I, yes. <laughs> That's insane to me. It's so, but it's like just, it's just a testament to what it takes to be this great. And I agree with you. Yeah, my second favorite Canadian. It's true. It's true. You said that last time you were on the show, but you didn't say it was your first. Steve Nash, baby. Two-time MVP. Are you kidding? Uh, I regret regret bringing it up. All right. (laughs) (laughs) It is nice to see so many Canadians succeed in professional basketball. Yeah, all three of them. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Is it just? Okay. All right. My win is a follow-up to our beverages conversation last Friday, which was super fun. You should go back and listen if you missed it. Uh, The Great American Beer Fest put tickets on sale this week. I know. It's kind cool. of a dud. Who cares? Right, Night, Right? Like, I mean, 10 years ago it was a big deal. Last five years, it's like, it's not really even selling out. People aren't that excited, but they're changing. That's the win part. They're uh, allowing certain breweries to bring hard seltzers, kombucha, cider, and mead. This is according to the Denver Post. They are expanding to other beverages correctly. This is a huge win. I'm really happy for you all. Still a drink. I don't know. I don't care. Imagine a future where it's like not really even beer, but like all beverages. It's just like a beverage festival and everyone brings their different beverage. Like, doesn't that sound like a cool event? No. Still no. Wow. Oh my God. That was hard. I don't don't drink, so I don't care. Like, I don't, it's not, it's just, it's not for, it's not for me. Yeah, it's not for you. I'm the wrong audience. That's all. What do you drink? Like Diet Coke? Ew, no, I drink Coke. Regular, Regular Coke. Coke. Regular Coke, my bad. Mm-hmm. I look like, you know what's funny? I look like a Diet Coke person for sure. Absolutely. That's why I, I said get it. served Diet Coke a lot where I'm like, I know what I look like, but I did ask for a Coke. I know this Karen look means diet. It's not. Um, no, I guess I would be curious though what you think, Josh, about like how do you care about, yeah. how do you feel about festivals I, for beverages? I, I, Denver is such a great beer city that you can sort of just have great beer any day of the week. So it's harder to be more excited about the festivals. True. Um, and so, like, travel, I think, is going to be great for tourists. And so, like, I think you're going to have a lot of great beer and see what new brews people are making. I think that's kind of cool. I think American beer culture, what we have over, like, European beer culture is that we do try new stuff and new flavors um, a lot quicker. Um, but I, I mean, Denver's a great beer city. It's, it's, I'm going to have great beer I like the point though that it's like kind of year round. So maybe it isn't for us because we know we can get great, different, diverse, you know, we can, we're going to try those things first before they even make it to the festival. Yeah. So. I love that optimism, Josh. Thank you for being there. Uh, what's your win? Yeah, so um, Ana Diaz and uh, Angela Guerrero, who are the sisters who ran El Chapultepec for the last couple of years, their father passed away, Jerry Krantz, in 2012. Um, The Peck closed in 2020, 2021. It closed a couple years ago, and a lot of folks were upset, like this place is gone. And they just uh, sort of um, ushered in this new, thepecklegacy.com, where you can go and watch interviews with folks who were profoundly impacted by this jazz space and what it meant to them and what it meant to Denver. And it's just the beginning of this project that they're doing to collect. Um, they're, they're asking people for ephemera, for photos, for memories of the Peck. And they're sharing the, a lot of those with History Colorado um, and the Colorado Music Hall of Fame. But I think then they're hoping to do something even bigger with that and do some sort of uh, long-term memorial of some kind um, where people can come and learn about this space. I watched a little bit of this video. It's amazing. 
it's just incredible to hear from musicians themselves about what a place means to them and what they were able to accomplish there and the things that they were able to work on and create and craft. And the other thing that really struck me about the conversations about the um, about El Chapultepec was how everybody was welcome. That's such like a, we see these signs everywhere, right? Like everyone is welcome, like, you know, regardless of race, creed, color, blah, blah, blah. But then there's these social subtleties over who's actually in allowed in a space. And El Chapultepec was known for being a place where unhoused folks, housed folks, it didn't matter. Nobody cared. You were all sitting at the same bar. You were all experiencing the same thing. They never had, I think they, I don't think they charged covers ever in part so they could have people come in. And I, I think I've probably told this story before, but it was one of the first dates my husband took me on was to El Chapultepec. And it was sort of a test to be like, how cool for you are or for you? Him. For me, how cool are you? He's taking you uh-huh. and he's trying to figure out how cool you are. He yeah, takes like, you to El Chapultepec you... and you hit a friggin' home run <laughs> taking you to El Chapultepec. Well, it was more like, are you going to be, are you cool with hanging out with my homie Smokey, who's an unhoused dude who comes in here and is a little obnoxious? But Greg goes to see him play guitar and huh. like hangs out with him. And he's like, this guy's rowdy as fuck. That's very sweet. Is I my wife, is my future wife going to be able to handle hanging out with this wild dude? Because my husband is like an all walks of life person. He has friends all over everywhere so um yeah it's awesome john wenzel a friend of the show denver post reporter oh, wrote shout this, out john i yeah, like john john's yeah. great he wrote a great piece about it we'll share it in the in the show notes so if you want to support this uh the peck legacy project they're always looking for donations but also if you have memories or photos or anything you want to share they're looking for those as well so loved it um so i think that's that's, right. that's wins let's do fails fails Who wants to do a fail i got one bring it on yeah. Um, so the Denver Post, uh, speaking of John, uh, put out an article talking about how Denver um, topped the nation for rent gains again this year, outpacing income uh, since the Great Recession. Uh, and this one hits close to home because I'm moving. I'm in the uh, yeah, and uh, we're moving to a beautiful place out in northwest Denver and Berkeley. And uh, as we're moving, like we had our neighbors come and help us like move some stuff, and they told us how the rent used to be a third of what it is now in 2007 and so that's just like you're like oh okay cool neat wow. yeah uh, but i mean it's what it is but it hurts <laughs> yeah. we, we talked about this on um on tuesday actually Bree, do you have you thought about this more well i mean i'm thinking about someone like josh who comes to this city who's a comedian who wants to be a part of the art scene here and like that's what makes our art scene awesome is that people come here to be a part of it and build on it and it gets harder and harder if you can't afford to be here like that bums me out it really does, because I think about the opportunities I had in Denver 15 years ago solely based on the fact that I could afford to just be here and screw around and like make music and b- build a DIY music festival because I wasn't spending, you know, 80 hours a week at four jobs trying to make it happen. So I it bums me out. It sucks. Sad. It, it is sucks. sad. Who's next? <laughs> that's you, Paul. All right, and me. All right, mine's kind of tangentially cre- uh, connected, so that's that's nice, actually. Um, it's another follow-up. Remember, a few weeks ago, we talked about uh, underutilized office buildings around the city and how big of a problem that is economically, like because commuters aren't coming back, i.e. remote workers are staying at home. Like, people just aren't using the space. We're in one of these offices right now, 5280. It's not full. Um I, in that episode, called for innovation to fill the space, and Denver Business Journal reports that we have our first big idea coming courtesy of local developer Coble & Co. Is that how you say that, Brie? Coble? Hmm. Yeah. Like K-O-E-B. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. They're partnering with this like co-working entrepreneur guy to buy zombie buildings, what they call zombie buildings, across the metro. And here's where it becomes a fail. They're only doing it in the suburbs. <laughs> Because the people who want to use co-working spaces still don't want to go downtown. They only want to go to office buildings for co-working spaces near where they live. That's annoying. It's annoying, right? Yeah, because here's the thing is that I love downtown and more people downtown means that there's better businesses because there's just increase in demand. I I always always thought that turning these zombie buildings into uh, like mixed use where there's a lot more residential, cheap housing, like in the spaces always seemed like the easiest answer. Like it'd be cool to have cool people live downtown in these already empty spaces that are already developed. Um, Because it's way easier to refurbish, like turn that into like housing than it is to create new housing, new units. And so I never really understood why why we don't do that more. So I don't I don't know if it is easier. I think it's more expensive. That's what I always hear from people. I I mean, mean, but I don't actually know. Again, artists and lower income people were squatting in warehouses and making it work. (laughs) So it's not impossible. I just think a lot of these buildings are owned by large corporations or investment companies or or rental. You know what I mean? It's like they're they're not interested in that. The return is still not enough, I would assume, to turn this into housing for them. Because something like, again, we're in an office building right now that's underutilized. The views are beautiful. There's windows everywhere. There's a central bathroom. So, you know, the plumbing runs right through the middle of the building. Could we put in some showers and make it like dorm style? Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people Seems that possible. would be fine with living that way. Like the cheaper they could live so they could just do their art. That's yeah. why a lot of folks chose to live sort of communally in warehouses because it was just cheap. Maybe we'll see a return of that in I this would love new that. in this new era. I if don't you know. want to make downtown cool. Mm. Yeah, Where to do it? Yep, it worked last time. Did. Yeah, get cool people in there. You know, it's weird. Cool people make other places cool. It's weird how that works. Yeah, <laughs> um, seems like a no brainer. <laughs> I think Bree, you're last. up, right? Yeah, this story from Denver. I, uh, Denver's public drinking fountains are off for the foreseeable future. What? What kind of weird reality are we living in where we're in the midst of a climate crisis and the government's like, oh, we like don't have enough people to turn on. We don't have enough plumbers to turn on the water fountains. It's suspicious. It feels A, suspicious. B, the lack of urgency around this is wild to me. It's not. I mean, at the underlying issue here is unhoused folks, water access. Like, Hello. People die of heat stroke all the time. Oh, water's life. Yes. But also, maybe you go to the park. And this is the quote from Scott Gilmore, head of Parks and Rec. Been on the show before. Respect to this gentleman. He <laughs> said, bring a, your water bottle and fill it up before you go to the park. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like. Mm, it's like you're the government. You should be doing services for everybody. That also, should be a baseline. How awesome is this city? Not very if we don't have water access like that's crazy so i'm from phoenix and people do die from heat exhaustion it's illegal to like refuse somebody uh glasses of water when you walk into a business and so like the idea that they're turning off water fountains especially when it has been turning them back on Uh, from the winter time that's still you were you had enough people to turn them off but you don't have enough people to turn them back on is it like more labor it feels like it would be the same amount something feels real fishy i reached out to my best friend that works in workforce development and i was like what is the going rate for city plumbers what's the real problem and she's like i'm gonna find out 
Uh, I'll find out what they're paying because maybe okay. they're not paying people enough. Because also that would be the other thing. If it's truly an issue of labor, maybe it's because no one can afford to live here and they're not going to take a job that has a subpar wage. I mean, it's a big problem. I, I think back to water infrastructure in early Denver. I'm reading this book. We, you talked yeah. about Patty Limerick earlier. She has this beautiful book about the history of Denver water. It's how Denver was able to expand by having water infrastructure that could serve people's needs. Uh. That's like one of the reasons why. So you just have to have the infrastructure if you want to grow. So why are we, yeah, how are we just being so like Lottie Daw about the fact that we're not providing water in the city? Or even just like the solution is, is like, yeah, uh, don't die, get hydrated someplace else before you come out to the right. parks. I was yeah. like, all right, cool. Oh. All right, I'll just go. Yeah. Ugh. Bummer. Well, the biggest fail of them all, saved for last, but we do have one more segment <laughs> that is going to be really fun because um, Peyton's unfortunately not with us, but Bree's going to Give us some weekend events to consider after this break. Ready to get sweaty. What's up, CityCast Denver? Time for your weekend weather forecast, Andy's version. Of course, the Taylor reference is we have a big concert coming to town. If you're going to be outside or inside this weekend, it really won't matter because the weather is going to be pretty nice for us. We have slightly cooler weather expected on Saturday. Highs only in the low 80s. That'll be nice. A couple of thunderstorms in the afternoon possible as well, but not looking at any severe weather, which is some good news. Some of those storms, of course, could get a little rowdier with some thunder and lightning, but for the most part, we're not talking about any severe weather. Sunday, we jump right back up in the low to mid 90s. A hot forecast expected Sunday through really the beginning and middle of next week. Nothing like what our counterparts to our southwest and south are seeing as a major heat wave is impacting portions of California, Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas still. You know what? We need some monsoon moisture to give us a break. And it does look like we could see an increase of monsoon moisture towards the end of July and early August. We haven't seen that much of a signal yet this year. That's kind of the only thing this summer has been missing. Y'all enjoy the weekend. All right, we're back. It's time for the official CityCast Denver, maybe for your weekend, as in maybe you'll see us there. Because as usual, there's so many cool things happening in Denver this weekend, but there's only one where you might see us. Uh, like I mentioned, Peyton is out, so Bree is going to give us her best bets uh, for her the weekend. And these are going to be in our newsletter tomorrow. Hey, Denver. So subscribe if you haven't gotten that. I am no Peyton replacement. I will just put that out there. Peyton is the best, but 100%. I'm going to try my best to do justice for for pay's usual spot here so uh my first pick is wakanda forever you can go watch it inside the historic elich theater so in past summers movies at the historic elich theater have actually been outside of the venue because it's needed and too much work to have folks inside of it um but they're now showing movies inside which is like a reason enough for me to go in there um, just to see 100%. it because I I was in there about I was telling our, our producer Lizzie Goldsmith about this I was like I was in the Elitch Theater about 10 years ago and there was like five feet of water below the stage and I was like <laughs> someone's gonna die in here yeah. so there <laughs> massive improvements have been made but it's ongoing so that's the cool part it's free uh, $5 suggested donation goes uh, completely to the restoration of the Elitch Theater it's all ages families welcome starts at six o'clock um, they have concessions you can buy all of the money from concessions goes to the preservation of the theater as well or you can bring your own food so well that one's incredible that's gonna be hard to do yeah I mean Wakanda forever and then you get to see it inside of a historic theater pretty cool Uh, next we have uh, and I'm sorry that was that's tonight okay that's tonight Uh, also tonight is the Friday Night Bazaar in the River North Art District 
in the area some people call Rhino. <laughs> I refuse to say that. Okay, it's also cool. Curtis Park or uh, Five Points. At any rate. Names matter. The Bazaar is cool. It's from 5 to 9 p.m. It's um, in a lot at 24th and Market. There's like this weird triangular building right there hmm. um, that there was a brand new mural just put on put on this building this week. I haven't hmm. go to, gone to see it yet, but um, it's just a free pop-up market and bar. Uh, they have $20 bottomless Aperol spritz. I don't know if that appeals to you guys. I, mean, I know that's a popular drink. It says $20 bottomless. That Not bad. Sounds, yeah, sounds like a lot I mean, of people this sounds like the pre. This is like a pregame right. event yeah. to me. Yeah. It's like from five to nine p.m. So you can go and get warmed up, and it's like a sip and shop. So you can go check out local hmm. vendors and artists, buy stuff from folks, and enjoy enjoy a little pop up bar. That's so funny to get toasted on spritzers. Is that's, that? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very. I have no idea. Like, I've never had. I'm one. so sorry <laughs> about your divorce. You know? <laughs> but it's just a pregame. It's just a start. <laughs> Maybe it's where you meet up with your friends before you go. To see Taylor Swift. What else we got? What else we got? Number three, uh, Taylor Swift eras before, during, and after party. God, is this the best weekend ever? (laughs) Friday and Saturday. um, Pre-party starts at 2 p.m. This is at 1740 Federal Boulevard. If you know where the sports fan store is on Federal, it's like right there between 17th and 18th. Um, So there's, again, there's Mm -hmm. a before, there's a during. So even if you didn't get tickets, you can hang out with other T-Swift fans and you can hear the show from coming from Empower Field, so you're just hanging out. If you didn't get in, you can still enjoy the fun. And and who is this Taylor Swift? <laughs> she's a musician. Oh, okay, cool. Is she new or is she's, she? Oh man, you'd love her, Josh. <laughs> oh yeah? She's, she's like I? a singer-songwriter she type. She has to be one of the greatest selling artists of all time. She did some pop that... stuff. She's pop? done everything. Yeah, how is she with she's boyfriends? Is she? <laughs> you know what, you have to listen to her music to get the full story. Sounds That's good. the incredible part, she's okay. a storyteller. Have you not listened to any this week? No, nothing? No. No. Reputation. That's the one I think you should try. I think that's the one that's like best fit for your Gen X sensibility. Okay. Because she's like in your face and it's kind of about like her relationship with the press. I love it. Yeah. I like that's the, my rec. I like the one about Jake Gyllenhaal, the one that's like 10 minutes long now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a... Okay. Um, well, for those of you that what's... are actual Taylor Swift fans, uh, hey. each party is 25 bucks. Uh, or you can do the Can't Stop, Won't Stop bundle for 60 bucks and just hang out there all day, go to the show, come back, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're going to have um, bracelet making, a photo booth, live DJ. They will have a bar. It's all ages. But if you want to drink, there's a bar with ID. So it's kind of for everybody, which I thought was cool. Uh, What's number four? Number four, New Moon Magic New Moon Magic Makers Market, mm. Sunday, 11 to 4. Uh, all ages, 21st and Market at the Ant Life space. This is a space hmm. that has live ant farms in the walls. Oh, Ooh, that uh, I don't know. That I love that, but it I sounds, can't take my girlfriend there. No, I mean, That's, I definitely see it being cool for maybe ki- my son has an ant farm and I have mixed feelings about it. But um, <laughs> but this is like... You invite them into your home? Yeah. Yeah, and then the thing got open and so it's... Just what? Like, Yes. It got open? And my husband, that could happen? And my, yes, and my husband was very, like, discreetly trying to sweep them up so I didn't know it happened because he's that good of a good of a dad. But at any rate, um, beyond that, the Ant Life mm. space, it's a $5 suggested donation. All ages, kids under 12 are free. Um, it's, like, dozens of local small business vendors, artists. Um, 
It's really, <laughs> this is their description. Curated designs related to witches, pagans, oddities, and metaphysics. So my people will definitely be there. Um, but yeah. I know this. I know this group. I know this vibe. But what's interesting to me is it's no consumption of any substances. So this is like really for the weirdos that are just out there <laughs> getting into it. these again, my people. Um, but I loved it. It's all ages. So if you want to celebrate the new moon, be in our room surrounded by ants and check out some metaphysical stuff. Always. Josh, what are you thinking? We got we got four here. We got new we got ants and witches. We got Taylor Swift before after party by the stadium. We got the Rhino. Bizarre. We got the Black Panther at Elitch's Theater. Honestly, all four of those sound great except for the ants. Yeah. They <laughs> First all, three sound great. They all sound great. I'll tell you actually where I am going to be. This isn't a maybe. Um, on Friday. Ooh, uh, a little guest maybe. Yeah, I know. Uh, if, you're, uh, if you're wondering how you can uh, actively support Native people, uh, yeah, at the Dairy Art Center, we're having Aberrant uh, Behavior put on by Chelsea Kaya. She's uh, Right now she has a residency at Redline, but she's uh, this nice. is up at the Dairy Art Center. In Boulder. It's, okay. In Boulder. It's about queer indigenous hunting. Um, queerness <laughs> is indigenous. Hunting is indigenous, but oftentimes when we go out and check out uh, hunting culture, there's a lot of masculine energy around it. And so trying to sort of rectify that kind of weirdness and uh, sort of be queer and be a hunter. Um, yeah, so Chelsea Kai and, and Cody Norton. Um, and Cody does really dope. Both of them do. It's going to be sick. You should come out. The it's way, way cooler than anything I've <laughs> Is it like photos? Is it like sculpture? What kind of, what, what are we talking about? No, so yeah. So Chelsea got this really cool grant to do bison work. And so it'll be uh, a lot of bison hide and then beating onto it. Um, oh. If you've never seen Chelsea's stuff, she does a lot of traditional, uh, but with like a contemporary twist to it, both like the color theory and the way that she's like doing these designs. So like the beating, Hmm. is traditional beating and dyed in traditional ways but is gorgeous it's it's and totally different than uh what you might normally see like in a museum or something like that and so i love it so much uh i'm gonna be there fridays the exhibition opening and then if you want to come see me do comedy i'll be doing a pop-up show at leon gallery on saturday um yeah nice oh. little intimate venue uh, leon's dope it's on 17th so yeah come out to that well th let's call those definitely's Okay. Yeah, Maybe Josh will we, be there. Okay. Josh will be there. I would Josh also. Be those there. two both sound great. Dairy the Center in, in Boulder. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Dairy Arts That's is true. in Boulder. Dairy yeah. Block was where that horrible immersive yeah, convenience that, that, store was. Oh my god! Different you're place. still mad? Of course, I'm still mad. Paul is it's blocks away. I can feel it close to me. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <God. I'm> just... <laughs> um, but yeah, let's well, let's say the yeah the Chelsea Kaya. Chelsea, Chelsea Kaya. Kaya. I want to see that. Yeah, I do too. Please do. That sounds way yeah. awesome. Um, okay, well, there you have it. The official CityCast Denver, definitely, for your weekend. But there's way more where that came from. Uh, Peyton is still going to have plenty more recommendations in our newsletter, along with the ones that we talked about. Uh, that newsletter is called Hey Denver. You can subscribe right now by texting Denver to 66866. Josh, Bree. I mean, Josh, thank you so much for like just being open and, and courageous and, and coming on to talk about this with us dunderheads, you know? I worry about that word courageous, but I am happy to be open <laughs> and vulnerable. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli, Natalie Rivera, and Olivia Jewel Love. Peyton Garcia writes our morning newsletter, Hey Denver. Bree Davies is our host. Our music is by Los Mochachetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, follow us on Twitter or Instagram at CityCast Denver, and tell Mike Johnson about us the next time you see him. You can sign up for that daily newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866 and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. 
it's been it's been I'm happy to say over two weeks since I peed my pants. So not to brag. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>